Simeon Peter, servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who have obtained the faith of equal standing with us by the righteousness of our God, the Savior of Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. This divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who brought us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious, His precious and very great graces, so that through them we may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For further lacks his qualities, is so near sight that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. For in this way, they will be richly provided to you and entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Everyone, my name is Mike. Um, to be for those of you who are joining us for the first time in person or online. Now, just to uh, tell you what we're doing today, we're in between series at the moment. So, we just finished a series in 1 Corinthians, and we're starting next week a new series in the book of Judges in what was Spare Week. So, I thought we'd um, try and tackle the question how do I grow as a Christian? Um, one of the reasons that we're doing this is because. Um, God expects His people to grow, to keep moving forward, to not to stay still, but to keep pressing along. But um, I recognize that in our congregation and in most congregations, there's this variety of life situations as well as kind of Christian life stages. So we have um, newborn parents, so James and Alicia, as, as recently as last week for whom sleep deprivation has gone from sort of theory to reality. How do you grow as a Christian when you can't even remember what day it is and how to catch the opportunities that you grow into? We have workers for whom this year has felt like um, relentless pressure and demands. who felt like I just can't change my situation. How do I keep growing? We have kind of new or newish Christians for whom growth seems quite kind of new and fresh, so it seems more obvious to grow. But there are many here as well who've been Christian maybe 10, 20, 30 plus years. And when you get asked the question, have you been growing as a Christian? If you're honest with yourself, your answer is actually, I can't say that I have. I come to church most weeks, but 
Sometimes I think, and maybe you might think that what God does for us is a bit like Harry Potter. He might wave a wand. As long as I just pray, and that's how we often treat God's spirit. If I just ask God, please help me get more bodily, and then we just sort of sit on it, and then we just
such thing that God has promised me His Spirit, and His Spirit leads me, and though I fall, I can partake in His divine nature and escape my sinful desires. Those precious promises are the things that will help you and I to grow in our Christian life. There was a very famous um, Christian writer, his name was Karl Barth, some of you might know him. And he is a man who probably collectively smarter than all of us put together. He wrote hundreds and hundreds of volumes of the Christian life. He wrestled with the Bible every day. And towards the back end of his life, he was at a seminar, and one of his students asked him, Mr. Barth, can you summarize your life's work in theology in one sentence? Mr. Bart thought about it and yes. And you know what he said? He didn't say some magical thing that took him about 50 years to figure out just what it was to write it. He said this. He said, Jesus loves me. This I know. For Our lives were dedicated to understanding the growing Christian faith. And the summary of his whole life's growth was summarized in a children's song about Jesus' life. But it's growing in our faith is not about just knowing more about God. It's about listening and revisiting and renewing those original promises that God gave us as a new Christian. And asking, how has God been faithful in the 10, 20, 30 plus years that I've been around? So particularly, if you're one of those people who's stuck in a bit of a rut in your Christian faith, maybe you've been living a Christian life for a long time, maybe it's time to renew some of those values. Those vows that God promised you all those years ago. And to ask yourself that question How has God been faithful through my failures, through my weak trust in Him? God has given us great, very precious promises. Now, I reckon logic. So far, I think for most of us, that would be a logical place to finish. God has given us what we need, He's given us His precious promises, He's committed Himself to us. So, therefore, He might have said, Go, therefore, just grow. Because that's how we often think. We often think, I need to be convicted in my mind, so I might hear a sermon on a Sunday, go to work, group meeting, whatever it is. And out of my thinking will flow my action and my values. Is that how we often think? That's how I often think. We, we often think knowledge precedes action. But it's fascinating that in this passage, Peter says he's given us exactly what we need in his precious promises. So, verse 5 For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. Virtue, virtue of knowledge, etc., etc. What does it say? He doesn't say, just think about the promises and 
God's Spirit will make you God, but he says, think about what God has given you. And then he says, make every effort. Do whatever you can. Work your hardest at putting on this list of things that he's about to speak of. So it's not, think about it and do it. He says, think about it and do it. Now, just to give you a bit of analogy of what he means when he says, um, supplement your faith, make every effort. I think what he's saying is that that phrase, make every effort, is like being an Asian dad. Okay, let me explain. I tell people to be an Asian dad very often, but in this case, this is what the phrase means. Now, my dad, like many Asian dads, very cheap when it comes to a lot of things in life. But when it comes to providing food for a family gathering, it's one of the most generous, lavish, some would say over-the-top people you could ever meet. If he's catering for six adults, there's enough food for 24 adults. If he's catering for 24 adults, there's enough food for a small nation. My dad is one of the most lavish people when it comes to family gatherings. And what that phrase means is saying, be an Asian dad when it comes to work be lavish, be generous, don't skimp out, put every effort, don't just do the minimum. Peter is saying, make every effort, be lavish, and putting on these things that I'm about to share with you. Is that how you have to think about the Christian life? I know it's challenging because often I think it's all in my mind and lots of in my mind, although I do it, but Peter is saying, no, actually, as you do it, it then reinforces what you it's interesting, but I often think that way. Make every effort. Right, what is it that we are to make every effort doing? You'll notice there, let me just read out the eight things that Peter lists in verses 5 to 7. He says this For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self control. Self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. These are the things that Peter says, pursue these things, make every effort, be generous in applying these things. What I want to do is to give you a bit of a change. I've put the list of things on our first slide up on the screen, so that's not in a second. And I'm going to give you uh, 30 seconds to have a quick chat with the person next to you. Because here's the list. It's the same list of things. Faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, lovely affection, and love. This is the question. What stands out to you about this list? It's a hard question. But I'm going to give you 30 seconds with the person next to you. What stands out to you about this list? 30 seconds. This is a hard question. It's, this is more of a question like read what's in my mind kind of question. Um, but I, I, I generally want to hear what you have to say. Does anyone want to be brave? Anyone want to share what the person next to you said? Ethan? Well, you probably didn't say anything. That's what you want to say. Thank you. Did, what did you want to say, Ethan? Right, yes. So, 
you guys take note, this is a year four kid, right? Um, first time visitor, yeah. Right, why don't you come and preach the rest of the sermon? Yeah, yeah no, thank you. Yes, yeah, so actually, Ethan's saying, first comment, you need self-control in order to love, so there's this relationship between the things there. That's really helpful. Um, any other suggestions for volunteering personal together? So you together with the other things or together with other people? Other people? Yes. Yes. Thank you, Joe. So, um, especially in that last one, love, there are actually elements of growth which are to be expressed towards other people. It's not just like me, I draw myself in the hole. Uh, one more down the back. I think there's one brave soul who wants to say something. I can sense it. I can take that if you want to. Yes. Yeah. So this is sort of mentioned there, like the similarity with some of the guys there. Again, it's not just getting the way it's actually expressing some sort of action that's felt towards someone else. Um, I think all those things are true. Um, but I just want to kind of show you another aspect of the thing more as a whole, and you guys picked up on some of the details. But the thing that I kept looking at this list and thinking, this is, doesn't quite work for me, um, is that I realized after a while that apart from the first item, faith, and the last one, love, you can actually very easily practice all the things in between without being a Christian person. So if I could go to the next slide. Uh, if you think about faith and love kind of outside these virtues, these, these kind of traits, you actually live these things and practice them outside of Christian faith. Um, I think what Peter is actually saying to us, when he says, practice, 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 make every effort to do these things, he's saying do them, but he's saying in particular, I think, live them out, practice them in a particularly Christian way. Let's just take Ethan's one, self-control. So, self-control, I'm going to confess to you something. That's why I got angry two weeks ago. Um, you can tell everyone about this, I don't mind. Um, two weeks ago, I was driving in Hampson, and I was just driving, and the car in front of me, for no particular reason, just stopped to let off the passenger, and they just, they just didn't move. And I feel the rage boil up inside me. And you know what I did? I trust you. I want to tell you this. I ran down my window. I said, park around the corner. I actually got angry. I got really angry. And I instantly regretted it. Now, I tell you that because if you take self-control, what I could have done in that moment to practice self-control, I could have just kind of said, oh, look, that's going to ruin the rest of my day. So we're going to ruin the rest of my family's day. I'm just going to, just next time, just don't shout out anything. Just keep it together and work on it next time. So I could have done that. And yet Peter's saying, actually, if, if, if what I'm saying is what Peter's saying, actually to practice self-control in the context of my faith, um, it actually looks slightly different. So yes, I want to kind of not do it next time. But it also meant that I needed to um, confess that sin to God. I think I admit that it was a sin for me. I expressed it in an ungodly way. So I did pray to God. And, and in that process, I didn't just feel the weight of 
like that wonderful thing reminds us when Satan comes me to despair. He reminds me of the field we came up with. I look and I see him there. He made an end to all my sin. So in that process of confession, it also reminded me and it grew me to be reassured that Jesus was the only one who could deal with my sin. It actually grew me in my confidence, not in myself, but in him. But then in love for other people, I realized I also needed to apologize to my wife. So when my rage subsided about 36 hours later, I said, Mercy, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, I should have been angry. I was not a good example for you or for my children. And I realized I haven't apologized to my kids yet, but I'll do that after this. Um, but you see how practice, 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 practice self-control is not just I tell myself to be better next time. Practice in the context of my faith and in love towards it. One more example. Let's take steadfastness or something like perseverance. Now, again, I want to use the example of um, a tired person. They're often the one who I often meet in my sit on person's tiredness, or even someone who I know for long who is going through um, certain sickness at the moment. So it's a hard season of life, it's a hard moment. You can practice steadfastness by going, okay, look, just pull my socks up, keep going, it's going to be okay, you're starting to think about the dark moments, not like that. You can keep persevering that way. Peter's saying, no, to practice it in the context of your faith and your love for others. So faith tells me that what I'm going through is still difficult, but that my heavenly Father is actually looking after me in this very moment. And perhaps even disciplining me in this chapter 12 to make me more like his son, even through Circumstances I didn't want to kind of explain why they happened. It's very different to just pulling your socks up and being steadfast. And in love for other people, one of the gifts that I'm noticing more and more is that when someone goes through something hard or difficult, one of the things and capacities and abilities that that person can do is they can actually minister to other people who are experiencing the same thing in a way which the rest of us can empathize but not completely understand. So you see how practicing, practicing steadfastness in the context of your faith and your love for other people is very different. That's what Peter's saying. Practice these things in the context of your Christian faith and your love. Towards the end of the passage, part of me still asks the question: like all this Christian growth stuff, like why does it really matter? Do people look at you and say, "There is a man, there is a woman who works hard at their job and is not perfect, but who repents, who grows, who stumbles, but then comes back, and who improves, and actually loves other people?" Better, or do people look at you and say, I don't think that person works hard at their faith at all. 
Jerusalem, went out and bought Raphael on the Dial's tennis rackets. He bought all his clothes, his headband, his bag. Finally, he practiced to take us away. And then was surprised and slightly offended when he said, You're not really a tennis player. If you're not someone who is working, not to earn salvation, but not working, making every effort to grow as a Christian, should you be really surprised or even little unoffended if you got before God and He said, Depart from me, I never knew you. That would be one of the saddest things for any people because we are, we are a family. We have built relationships in this congregation. And then to get to that last day before the Lord Jesus and begin to say, I never knew you, would be the greatest tragedy for each one of us. In a second, make your calling and election sure. Work hard, practice these qualities. For in that way, you can be confident that you stand before the Lord Jesus and Christ. So, friends, how will you grow right now? How will you grow, not just waiting for this season of life to get better, how will you grow right now? Maybe it's you resting in the precious promises of God. Or maybe today you've known, you've realized that you have not been making every effort to get out of this now is the time to work out your salvation with fear and trembling to confirm your election and your calling to God. And so that is the weight of where we are in this. And that is the weight that we are going to take here today. So let me pray for us today. Father, we come to you as desperate sinners, knowing that we need a Savior in the person of Christ. So each day that we fall, each week that we stumble, we thank you that in Jesus there is now no condemnation. But Father, as you've promised and made clear today, as you grant us the promises that have committed yourself to us in your Son, would you help us to make every effort? If we have become lax today in our Christian thinking and life, we pray that you would take us out of that rut and that you would help us to make every effort from now to make our calling and election sure. So, Father, we praise you and thank you that you've promised that that is possible as we rest in the promises of your Spirit to us. So we ask this in Jesus' name.